The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. God, Father, today we ask that you breathe upon us, Lord. In every life present in this place today, do that which eyes have not seen, do that which ears have not heard, do that which has not even begun to enter into the hearts of men, and let the name of Jesus and Jesus alone be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. God is more than enough. You know, um, the prophetic word for, for us as a people um, this year is what? It's freedom. It's freedom. It's freedom. And, you know, the, what we will discover as we walk with God in freedom is that we will realize that God is more than enough. God is what? God is more than enough. God is not just enough. God is not just um, to get us by. God is more than enough. And we are going to, we are starting a new series today. I want to encourage you not to miss this series because will change your life. It will change your life totally. Today, I'm laying a foundation by the grace of God for this series, and by next week, we'll begin to unpack um, the series in more depth. Psalm 23. Psalm 23, I read from verse 1 to the end from the New King James Version. Psalm 23 is a psalm that all of us can, most of us, can recite by heart. But I would encourage you, even though you can recite it, to follow along as we read. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It makes me lie down in green pastures. It leads me beside still waters. It restores my soul. It leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord only on Sundays forever and ever. And the church say, you know, this is David's way of saying God is more than enough. And if you look at this psalm, David was just saying, God is more than enough. I have freedom in God. 
is more than enough. But you see, the challenge is that a lot of Christians actually don't believe that God is more than enough. And a lot of Christians believe that, okay, God is, but you, know, you have to help him, you know, and you have to, you know, put a prop here and support him. Sometimes we don't really believe, and those that even mouth it, we don't believe it. David saying to us, I have no want. I have all I need and more. That is what it means. I am free to live. I am free to enjoy life. I am not caged in in any way. I am free to love. I am free to relate. And by the time we are done, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you will be able to say, I have no want. I have more than I need. I am free to love. I am free to live. I am free to relate. I am free. Amen. You know, because as we live our lives, we, we discover very soon that there is no friendship. There is no relationship. There is no ownership. There is no championship. There is no scholarship. There is no fellowship that can satisfy us. Not, nothing. Get all the cars you want. Get all the houses you want. Marry all the wives you want. Or marry all the husbands you want. You will discover that it is only God that can satisfy. Praise the name of the Lord. And even in ourselves, we are not sufficient. We are just not self-sufficient. We can't take care of ourselves. And, and, and that's what David was saying here. I need a shepherd. I, I am simply not self-sufficient. And if you really want to be free, you need to enter into the space that David is in, which is God takes care of me, so I am free. I mean, the, 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 the freest people on earth are children. Have you noticed? They are, they are free. Daddy may not know where the school fees was, is coming from. Mommy may be worried that the fridge is empty. Everybody may be under pressure. But children are always playing. You know why they are praying? <laughs> playing? Akuna Matata. They have no problems. They are free. They are free. And the only reason they are free is because they believe daddy's got my back. I mean, that's all. The mommy will sort it out. I mean, they, they don't even think. No child, believe me, if you have a child that thinks waking up, will, I, will we pay our rent? Something is wrong. Something is wrong. No child wakes up burdened. No child goes to sleep and he says, oh, I can't sleep because oh, I'm owing someone. In fact, if they take each other's toy, it's fun. And David is saying, for us to be free, we need to <laughs> make <laughs> this God our shepherd so that we can be, be free. And if, you, if we um, kind of look closely at that verse 1, 
we see the question is, who is your shepherd? David is saying categorically, the Lord is my shepherd. Ask your neighbor, who is your shepherd? Because your shepherd determines how free you can be. Your shepherd determines how free you are, actually. So who is your shepherd? David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, the Lord, the word the Lord there, I mean, pretty much doesn't mean Lord as in master, you know. Doesn't mean God has to be your master before he's just, no, 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 that's not what it means. The, 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 Lord, the word Lord there is simply the word El Shaddai, I'm so sorry, um, Yahweh, not El Shaddai. Uh, Yahweh, which is also Je- Jehovah, depending on who is translating it. So, it's the word Jehovah. It's the word Yahweh. So, David is saying, Yahweh is my shepherd. What does that mean? What does, what does it mean? Yahweh is my shepherd. What, why is that significant? Why does it use another name of God? Why Yahweh? There are other names of God you could use, but Yahweh is my shepherd. Yahweh, we see the first occurrence in Exodus 3. We've, we've talked about that extensively at some other time in church. Exodus 3, when the bondage bush story, when God appeared to Moses and, and, and said to Moses, I am that I am. So that's the meaning of Yahweh, really. It's I am that I am. I am who I am. So David is saying, I am. The great I am is my shepherd. The one that is the I am that I am is my shepherd. And that is big. That's significant. That is huge. Because if you, if you look at the, the, this, the real essence of I am who I am. I am that I am. We can see where freedom really comes from. Because I am that I am implies that God is self-existent. Is is self-existent. Is God by himself. God exists because God exists. You know why God exists? Because God exists. He is God by himself. And David is saying, God that is God by himself, that exists in himself, is my shepherd. I have no words. You know, it's big. He is my shepherd. God is not defined by anything outside of himself. God doesn't need to wear a brand label before he can feel significant. He doesn't need to wear Gucci or a Gucci suit. He doesn't need to drive a Ferrari. He doesn't need to, to, to carry a Louis Vuitton bag. He doesn't need to, um, to live in, in VGC or live in Banana Island. He says, I am God by myself. Where I live is heaven because I am God. I mean, someone was asked, you know, the Lord asked, you know, um, what if there's no heaven? Will you still follow me? Jesus asking, what if there's no heaven? Would you still follow me? 
And the guy said, um, yes, I will still follow you. You see, the problem with some of us is that if there's no evil, we'll follow Jesus again. Because if there's nothing for us, I mean, we'll, we'll just find our bearing. But God asked this guy, if there were no heaven, will you still follow me? And he says, um, I will still follow you. And he says, why would you still follow me? He says, because wherever you are, that is heaven. <laughs> so if God, if God leaves heaven and comes to the earth and allows us to go to relocate to that place physically, we return that place to uh, Ajegule and all the different places. And because he is here, this place becomes heaven. That's what it means. Is God by himself and he exists in himself, his self-existence. And the second implication of that is that God is not only self-existent, God is self-sufficient. He's self-sufficient. God is self it depends on nothing outside of himself to be God. It depends on nothing to be God. We depend on things and people and systems to exist. If I am cold, I depend on my jacket or my duvet to be warm. If, 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 if I am sick, I depend on my doctor to be healed. Praise the name of the Lord. If I need food, I depend on my wife to be fed. There's different types of food. Stay righteous, stay righteous. Keep your eyes on Jesus. <laughs> so I have to go outside of myself to have my needs met. God, <laughs> doesn't need to go outside of himself to have his needs met. If he were hungry, he's food for himself. If he needs transportation, if I need transportation, I need to find a car, take a bike, take a bus, look for a airplane, buy a ticket. If God needs transportation by himself, whom is there? He is God. Praise the name of the Lord. He, so, and that is why when David says that I am that I am is my shepherd, he's saying the one that is self-existent, that doesn't depend on anything, is my shepherd. Therefore, I am free of want. I am free to live. I am free to exist. And all that he needs to be God is within himself. And that was the um, example of the burning bush. The fire was on the bush, Exodus 3, and the bush was not consumed. Fire usually needs wood to keep burning. So God is saying, I can exist. I don't need this. I don't need to consume this wood to stay alive. I can exist and the wood can be fine and I exist by myself. Amen. So, he, he, he's God by himself. He was, he is, he will always be. He's the God that is all by himself. So, if, if you are saved today, if you're a child of God, the most reliable thing in your life, the most reliable thing going for you is not your family, is not your job, is not your bank account, 
It's not your certificate. It's not your education. The most reliable thing in your life is your God. That is what David is saying. That the most reliable thing in my life is my God. What are you depending on? Where is your confidence? When you, when you bounced into church today, you know, I was watching a lot of people and they were springing your steps and I was excited. Praise the name of the Lord. And these people are fired up. <laughs> when you walked into church today with spring in your feet, what was your confidence? The car you packed? Your beautiful wife? Your wonderful children? Your bank account? Oh, or the government of your country? What was your confidence? God is the only one that has all it takes to fully satisfy us. And that is freedom. That is freedom. See, the trouble comes when we go outside of God to meet our needs. We get into trouble when we go outside of God to meet our needs. God says, I am all that you need. We get into trouble when we step outside of God to meet our needs. We get into bondage when we step outside of God to meet our needs. We get ourselves, we put our finances in trouble when we step outside of God to meet our needs. Then we complain and we cry and we say, God, but you said this in your word. But God says, you step out. Yahweh is the I am that I am. I have discovered and I'm sure I hope you have too. I've discovered that I am not I am. I have discovered that God is God and I am not. It's one of the best discoveries of your life. Particularly if you're in any form of leadership. Particularly if you're a pastor. As a father also. As a husband. Even as a wife. In fact, as a human being. The best discovery of your life is I am not I am. God is God. And I am not. So, <laughs> so, so I don't, I don't, I don't worry. I'm free. I'm able to sleep. I can play. I, look, if you play with me, I play like a little boy, like a child. I laugh and play. Why? Because my dad is the I am that I am. Praise the name of Allah. This one you are looking at, I am not I am. I also discovered that not only am I not I am, I also discovered that they are not I am. My destiny is not in anybody's hand. <laughs> Your destiny is not in anybody's hands. 
It's not in any government's hand. It's not in any system's hand. It's not in the economic policies that are up and down. It's not in your wicked auntie's hand. You see, they are not I am. You can write it on your mirror when you wake up in the morning. Look at it. They are not I am. I am that I am. So David was saying, I am that I am is my... (laughs) I shall not want. I have no care. I am free. I cannot be in bondage. Because he is the strongest. I cannot be held bound. Because he's the highest. I cannot be confused. Because he is God. So the Lord, you are my shepherd. I'm looking only to you. Let's go on very quickly. So we see so that's the Lord. The second part is the Lord is my shepherd. It didn't say the Lord was my shepherd. It's, it's not enough that God was good to you last year, or God was good to your father, or we read in the Bible that God was a God of miracles. It is important to us that God is a God of miracles today. Praise the name of the Lord. And God is. I am. It's, it's in the present. God is always in the present. It's not I will be. It's not, it's not I will be that I will be. It's not I was that I was. It's I am that I am. Always, always, always in the present. Always in the present. You know, a challenge is we live in time. We have a beginning. Everybody will have an end. We think linearly. But you see, God does not exist in time. And sometimes we struggle to wrap our minds around it because we try to put God in time and God says, no, I live, I am in eternity. I exist, rather, in eternity. The truth is this. If you get this, it will really, really help you in your work with God. God has never experienced a yesterday. Not once. He has never experienced a yesterday. Now, and you know what that means? It also means he doesn't have a tomorrow. God doesn't have a yesterday. He doesn't have a tomorrow. God is eternally present. It's eternally present. Alpha and Omega. Is there then? Is there in your future? And is there now? And is the same? So, that eradicates regrets. Why? Because God can take care of my past. My past is like present to him. So he can just sort it out and I'm good. It takes care of my worries because by the time I get to tomorrow, God is there. I am will still be I am tomorrow. Present. Ever present. So the Lord is my. It's getting interesting. The Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd. For David, and I pray for you and I, that it is not enough that the Lord is a shepherd. 
It is not enough that the Lord is the shepherd. It is flattery, but not enough that the Lord is our shepherd. But the Lord has to be my shepherd. The great I am is my personal shepherd. You see, the way God wants to work with us is that God doesn't, God obviously there's a corporate thing with God, but God wants to deal with us individually. God wants to be your shepherd. God wants to call you by name. God wants to lead you out by yourself. I mean, you know the story of how shepherds lead their sheep. They, they tell us that sheep, uh, shepherd puts their sheep together overnight to share the same infrastructure. So maybe there are 20 shepherds and each shepherd has about 100 sheep each. And all of them come. They put them together maybe in this kind of place. So how many sheep will be there? Come on. 2,000, about 2,000. Now, in the morning, the 20 shepherds, they will come. The Bible says they stand at the door and they make a sound. They call their sheep and they just walk away. Guess what? As rowdy as the place is, every sheep will follow its own shepherd. They don't fight over sheep. They don't say, oh, that's my own. No, 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 no. That's, no, 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 no. The sheep knows the voice of his shepherd. So it is a strange thing to say that you are a child of God and you don't know his voice. It's a strange thing. I pray that that strangeness will come to an end in your life today in Jesus' name. If you don't know God's voice, it is a totally strange thing. Everybody say strange thing. He has to be your personal shepherd for you to experience real fulfillment and freedom. For you to experience real fulfillment and freedom in God, God has to be your personal shepherd. Now, two people are only as intimate as what exists between both of them. Two people are only as intimate as So, what exists between you and God is what makes your relationship personal and intimate. What they are should and there should be things that exist between you and God. That's why if you, if you have a marriage situation where um, husband and wife, um, they discuss their plans, maybe they, they have a plan to um, pay off the house they are living in, and maybe buy a new car for, you know, for whatever reason, and they have a financial plan, then the mother-in-law comes visiting and the mother-in-law says to the wife, hey, hey, that house you people want to build, you know, <laughs> and that car, you know, the wife feels what? She feels, will she feel intimate with her husband? Will she feel, you know, she feels abused. What's, what's going on here? It's the same with God. There are things that should exist between you and God. And you and God alone. I mean, and I'm not pushing this envelope. You may not may think that, oh, I'm, I'm just, you know, trying to say, 
apply one-to-one -one relationship with my, of, of human beings with God. That is how God wants to relate with us. God wants to call us by name. God wants to call your name. In fact, God wants to give you a nickname. If you see Jesus, Jesus gave his, his disciples nicknames. You know that? God wants to give you a nickname. God wants to give you a special name. That. Okay, back to husband and wife situation. Husband and wife usually have pet names, right? If you don't have pet names, receive one now in Jesus' name. They usually would have pet names that when they, when they call each other publicly, um, you know, it's, it's special, you know. Even though other people hear it, but they are not allowed to. Imagine, you know, your friend begins to call your wife the pet name you call her. How would you feel? <laughs> you redefine the friendship. However, though there are pet names that are public, there are pet names that are only between husband and wife. They, are never, they never call themselves those names outside. It's only when um, the pillow talk is going on. Those, that name is just between both of them. So, so, so what does that mean? That means apply to God, you know. <laughs> Again, if you don't have pillow talk pet names, receive it now in Jesus' name. <laughs> and you're like, Pastor, why are you guys, this, this is spiritual. Yeah, this is, you are preaching. Be spiritual. The, one of the most spiritual things you can do is to get married. In fact, let me redefine it. Let me redefine it. One of the ways you know you are spiritual is to get married. You think you are spiritual? Get married. You think you are Christ-like? You are, are Christ-like. You are temperate. You are kind. You are gentle. You are forgiving. You are filled with the Holy Ghost. Get married. <laughs> That's what we know if you really are. <laughs> because it tests you to the limit. The limit. How did I even get there? So, back on track. So, there, there are names that is, is just the exclusive preserve of, of, of that person that you're in relationship with. In this case, God. God, there's a name God wants to give you that it's only between you and God. And it's scriptural. It's in Revelations 2.17 says to us, Revelations 2.17, it says, and I will give him a white stone. <laughs> now, see where this is going. The secret stone. It says, and on the stone, a new name is written. God says, I will write a new name and I will give you that stone on the name that is written which no one knows except the person that receives it. So how many people knows that name? That name. Only you and God. That's how God wants to deal with us. Personally, the Lord is my shepherd. Everybody say the Lord is my shepherd. So going on is the obvious word 
shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd. And because the Lord is my shepherd, I have no want. Shepherds are held to high levels of accountability. God owes shepherds to high level of accountability. We see in Ezekiel 34 verse, from verse 2, God says that shouldn't shepherd feed their sheep? So who's responsible for my feeding? My shepherd, God, the I am. Take care of their sheep. Who's responsible for my care? For your care. Tend the sick and bound up the injured. Who's responsible for my healing? It says you are not gone looking for those who have wandered away. You know, when I miss it and I make a mistake, I'm an, an amateur of lying. Who is responsible for bringing me back? Shepherd. <laughs> That's huge responsibility. Jesus even takes it further in John 10, 11. Jesus takes it further. Jesus says that I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd sacrifices his life. Everybody say his life. Jesus says, I put down my life. So the presence of the shepherd brings real freedom to the sheep. The presence of the shepherd brings real freedom to the sheep. The sheep is totally free. Now, the caveat here is this. In order for, for God, for him to be your shepherd, in order for him to be your shepherd and for you to experience real and true freedom, you must first be a sheep. For God to be your shepherd, you must first be a sheep. I mean, a no-brainer. For God to be your shepherd, you must first be a sheep. Because shepherds don't tend goats. You can't be a goat and want God to be your shepherd. Shepherds don't tend dogs. You can't be a dog and want God to be your shepherd. Shepherds don't tend wolves. You can't be a wolf and expect God to be a shepherd. Shepherd tends sheep. So if you see all the values of having God as your shepherd, and you want God to be your shepherd, you have to be willing to be a sheep. If you see the, the, the beauty of having God as your shepherd, and you really want to have God as your shepherd, you have to be willing to be what? To be a sheep. Because if you don't become a sheep, you are not qualified to receive him as your shepherd. You have to be willing to become a sheep. It's just like growing up, my grandmother would say to us that it is the, it is the child that lifts up his hands that the um, mother will lift up. So if, you have, if, you, if, if, if an adult enters a room and there are three children in the room, and two of them look at the adult and look down, continue what they are doing. One of them stretches his hands to the adult. Who will the adult carry? The one that stretches his hand. That was what my grandmother was saying. It took me a long time to understand it. But I now do. It's the same thing. And that's what we struggle with. We struggle becoming a sheep. Because becoming a sheep can be humiliating. Becoming a sheep can show vulnerability and, and weakness. Becoming a sheep can, can put somebody else in control. And we don't want that. Oh, no, we don't. We don't want that. We struggle with that. 
for three reasons. Number one, sheep are dumb. Sheep are dumb. Sheep, they're not sharp. You can't teach sheep tricks. You can teach a dog tricks. You can, you can teach them how to hop on one leg, you know, how to spin around. You can teach a monkey tricks. You can even, in the circus, they, trick, they teach lions and tigers tricks. But try and teach a sheep tricks. You say, jump. <laughs> hop. <laughs> you know, so, you can't. They are dumb. So, asking the Lord to be your shepherd means you are admitting to how limited your intelligence is. Saying, the Lord is my shepherd, is you are admitting that God, you know, you are all wise. Compared to you, I'm not very sharp. We like to think we are sharp. So we struggle to be sheep. But if you look at scripture, we all are actually not very sharp. Why do sheep stray? For instance, why do, why do sheep stray? Sheep stray from time to time. It's, it's the life of the, of the shepherd to start looking for the stray sheep. Why do sheep stray? The sheep stray because it gets to a point the sheep begins to think it is sharp. The, the sheep begins to think, well, the, the grass is green now on that side. Why are they telling us to go to this side? Oh, we are going to go to this side, Joe. Sure. <laughs> so the, so the, the sheep <laughs> strays because the sheep thinks it's sharp, but that is a dumb thing to do. And Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, all of us like sheep have strayed away. How many of us? All of us. We are all guilty. All of us. You are not that sharp after all. I just showed you in the Bible. All of us like sheep. We've strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. So what does that tell you about us? We are sheep. We are sheep. We are sheep. The story is told of a, of, 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 um, a white missionary that was led by some African um, guy from one village to another village. They need to go through the jungle. And, and there was no path in the jungle. And the African guy had a cutlass, a machete, and he was cutting as he was going, and, and the, the missionary was behind him, and he would get to a point, he would stop, he would turn, he would cut, and he would go, he would get to a point, he would stop, he would cut and go, and until finally they got to the, to the village, and, and, and the missionary said to him that, you, had no, you have no map, there was no sign on the path, how did you know the way through the jungle to the exact location? And the response of the man, he says, how do I know the way? He says, I don't, it's not how do I know the way. He says, I am the path. He says, he don't explain that there are a group of them that they call them the path because they know the jungle in their head. 
Jesus came and said to you and I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says, I am the path. To, to, you know what that means? It means that I just follow him. He turns, I turn. I mean, I don't know where, where that turn is going to lead to, but I follow him. It, you need to be pretty dumb to do that. Because sometimes people will ask you, why are you resigning? I don't know. I just feel like God wants me to resign. They will look at themselves. Oh, 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 why are you going in that direction? I don't know. I just felt a leading in that direction. <laughs> Your siblings will look at themselves. <laughs> and they say, we knew something was wrong with this guy. <laughs> we, we, we always knew something was wrong. Many of us don't want to be in that state of foolishness. So we resist being sheep. Second reason we resist being sheep is that the, not only is the sheep dumb, the sheep is defenseless. The, the, the sheep is defenseless. The sheep doesn't have any fang. The teeth are as blunt as anything. No fangs, no claws, no stingers. The sheep, when the enemy is coming for, against the a bird, the bird can fly. The sheep can fly. When the enemy is coming against some other creatures, they can run fast. The sheep is not fast. Some animals, like the dog, they can go on the lake and swim. The sheep cannot swim. So the, the sheep is totally defenseless. And, you know, if you, if you check, even none of us wants to be associated with sheep. You know, those of us that follow sports, there's no sports team that is named after a sheep. If you find one, tell me. Chicago sheep. They will have no fans. Or indomitable sheep of Cameroon. Or the super sheep of Nigeria. <laughs> you, you know, instead you have Chicago bulls. You have super, fly, super eagles. They, change, they can be flying eagles. They can be whatever eagle. Green, eagle, white eagle. But not sheep. Indomitable lion of Cameroon. You will have the ox. You will have different aggressive animals. Even the club size. You have those that say they are gunners. You know, you have those that have lion, you know, shields in their shields. Everybody wants the victors. Nobody wants the ship. Nobody wants the ship. Praise the name of the Lord. We don't even use sheep for protection. We don't buy, you see, people can buy a puppy that is aggressive and put it in front of their house. We use dogs for protection. Where I stay, they say some guy has a lion in his compound for his protection. Guess what? If you go to a house and their protection, they have a sheep. And they say, <laughs> <laughs> How do they say it? Dogs are beware, beware of sheep. <laughs> they say beware of sheep. Now, those days when we used to play soccer, we play soccer in any corner, and your ball enters some compound. You have to let that ball go because you calculate the risk benefit of jumping the wall, you know, and you know, 
Even sometimes we try and jump at two different places. One guy will jump there, the dog will go there, I will quickly jump, carry the ball. He will jump, I will jump. But, but you ca- ship is there, you are going to walk in. <laughs> and you are going to carry your ball. <laughs> you know? In fact, if you go for, to visit and you see a ship at the front, say, are we having barbecue? Is that going to be as soon today? You know, he said it will be suya. Nobody's afraid of sheep. They are defenseless. That's why we don't want to be associated with sheep. We want to be seen as strong. And to have the Lord as your shepherd is recognizing your vulnerability, recognizing how vulnerable you are, saying to God, if you don't defend me, like the shepherd defends the sheep, I'm in trouble. David understood that because a lion came against his sheep and David rose against the lion. A bear came and David rose against the bear. He knows that the sheep is defenseless. So when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, he's saying, I am defenseless against the powers of the enemy if you don't protect me. That's what he's saying. And God has to be your shepherd, otherwise you're in trouble in this world. Not only is the sheep dumb and defenseless, the sheep can be dirty. Oh, yes. Dirty. The cats can clean themselves. Birds can clean themselves. Sheep, if the shepherd doesn't give it a bath, the best it can do is rub itself against the wall. Sheep cannot clean itself. It's dependent on the shepherd to give it a bath. If the shepherd doesn't give it a bath, it stinks. So to have the Lord as your shepherd is recognizing that you need him to clean you up. Oh. You need him to clean you up. So the same way, if you look at this relationship, sheep shepherd, the same way the sheep is in constant need of the shepherd. Constant need of the shepherd. I am in constant need of the Lord as my shepherd. The sheep is always dumb. He always needs God's guidance. The sheep is always defenseless. It needs constant protection. I do need constant protection. The sheep can be dirty over time. I need the cleansing consistently. So, it is not an emergency need. Many of us, we want to have God as an emergency God, a 911 God. God says, no, I don't want to be a 911 God. I want to be the always present God. Always present in the time of trouble. Always present. So, this God, he knows that we are dumb. He knows how foolish we are. He knows how frail we are. He knows how filthy we are, yet he cares for us. He knows we are dumb, we are defenseless, we are dirty, yet he cares for us. He knows that we are foolish, we are frail, and we are filthy, yet he cares for us. So if the Lord is your shepherd, He will not only meet all your needs, you will discover that you have no wants. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. If the Lord is your shepherd, he will not only meet your needs, you will discover that you have no wants for two reasons. Number one, you will discover that you have no wants because when your needs are met, it also comes with satisfaction of the soul. Sometimes some people, they have their needs met, but their soul is not satisfied. Their soul is not restored. They are still envious of what other people have. They are still, they are, they are still greedy for, for more. They still want this. But God can meet your need and give you satisfaction of soul. And you will discover that you have no want. It gives you fulfillment. You are not lost in. You are content. You are full. Secondly, you discover you have no want because not only does he meet your needs, he actually gives us more than enough. He says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Now, isn't that wastage? Why is God, you are pouring oil, okay, the cup is full, why don't you stop? Why didn't he stop? Because it's more than enough. The cup runs over and it keeps pouring and pouring and it's running over and it's running over and it's running over. Because God is more than enough. More than enough. So the bottom line is this. If the Lord is your shepherd, let me put it this way. If you want to be a sheep, if you will be a sheep, you will discover that it will take care of everything. It will take care of what? Of everything. Of everything. Of everything. So, the question to you today is, will you be a sheep? Will you be a sheep? Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads, as we, as we ask and wrestle with that question. Will I be a sheep today? Will I, will I allow myself guidance from God and see the limited intelligence and dumbness of my heart? Will I allow Myself to be defended by God and see that I'm defenseless against the powers of the enemy. Would I realize that I am dirty? I need God to clean me. They say, Pastor, I'm not a sheep of God. I want to be a sheep today. I want, to, I want you to pray with me. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Should I come out? No, you don't need to come out. Wherever you are seated, I want to pray with you. Oh, Pastor, I used to be a sheep before, but <clears throat> now I'm not a sheep anymore. Can I come back to the fold? Yes, you can. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. Wherever you are seated, put up your hand now over your head, and I'll pray with you wherever you are seated. God bless you. If I put up your hand, put up your hand well, 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 well. Not on your head. Over your head. Put it up. God bless you right there. God bless you right there. God bless you right there. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. Right there. Put up that hand. That is me. God bless you, my brother. Right at the back. God bless you, my sister. Right there. That is me. There's no shame in it. I am coming home. God bless you. I used to be in the fold, but I, I, I wandered away. I did the dumb thing. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. I did the dumb thing. I did the dumb thing. And God bless you. Right there. But I'm coming back, Pastor. Can you pray with me? Yes. God bless you. Right back. There at the back. I didn't come back to the fold. Oh, I was, I, I've never been, I've never been with him. I've never been a child of God. I need to be a child of God. Put up that hand. God bless you right there. Over here. Put it up over your head. God bless you. Keep it up until you have a card. Once you have a card, you can put down the hand. God bless you. That is me. 
God bless you right there. Sir, God bless you, sir. That is me. God bless you. Right, right there. That is me. God bless you. That is me. I want to be. Oh, Father, we thank you. I have made a choice to listen to your voice. That you receive them, my Father. Cleanse them. You are our shepherd. Protect them. You are our shepherd. Guide them. You are our shepherd. Not every one of us, Lord, that we not wander away from you. Those of us that are strained, lead us back, O oh God of heaven. Protect us. Protect us, Father. And cleanse us. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Let's put our hands together for the Lord.